Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Hey, we're back. It is August the 17th. Julie and I were just looking at the statistics from all of you guys that listened yesterday to our podcast. In case you missed it, it was one of my more creative titles uh, to podcast. Do you remember what it was, Julie? You read it because there's too much to it for me to remember. Oh, let me find it. You guys will like this. You guys have to be listening to our Sunday shows because we get some of the best feedback um, on those shows. So yesterday's title was, What Does EXP Realty Aliens and Homicidal Monkeys Have in Common? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> It's hard to top that, even though it's Monday. Yep. So even though it's Monday. So as you guys know, we are certainly, uh, we like to break this podcast into three different parts. Uh, The first section is really tales from the front lines of all of our coaching calls. And the reason it's important that you guys listen to this section is because Julie and I have some of the most successful agents from coast to coast and we're picking up agents across the country. And really, I'm sure uh, globally, because we have a lot of podcast listeners that are listening all over the world, we'll start to see that translate to uh, new coaching clients, which kind of makes me nervous because, frankly, if we get somebody from Box 1, I have no idea even what language they speak uh, there. I don't know. We have to use the uh, GTS. They, yeah, Google that, <laughs> what have you. Yeah. So moving forward, um, we'd like to share with you what we're hearing from everyone because that is absolutely the way that you can know what's happening next in the marketplace. Remember, when you're reading news and whatnot, it's reporting what's happened. And what Julie and I are doing is we're preparing you for what will probably happen. And the markets that we really pay attention to are the biggest markets across the U.S. and, frankly, now in Canada. And we're watching to see if those markets start to show a little uh, fissures, little cracks. And, and when we hear those things, we hear changes that are happening. That's what we tell you about. And we help you to analyze that information so you can then put it to use to your own local market. Whenever there's a, a market shift, either up or you know towards a buyer's market or towards a seller's market, up or down, you always see these big markets react first because they have the most density of people, you know, of humanity and housing. So if you hear us talking about a market uh, like LA, for example, and you're saying to yourself, "Well, that doesn't matter. It's nothing like my market," and because you're in the middle of like where Julie and I sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio, it is like your market, but it's like your market will be in like maybe two or three years. Or sometimes maybe six months to twelve months. So that's the reason it's important for you to hear what we're listening or what we're hearing, and listen to what we're saying, so you can then apply that information and be a first mover in your marketplace. Um, and then obviously we have always have prepared content, which uh, we are um, focused more towards getting you guys prepared for whatever the market shift is. So Julie, welcome to yes. the show. Lots and lots of calls today. It's Monday. That's how I like it. Yes. I like, especially our elite coaching clients, like to launch them into the week properly. And then, of, of course, our premier coaching clients as well. So here's what I'm I'm hearing. It's very interesting to me that there's not a lot of middle ground. Hmm. What I'm hearing, I'm, I'm definitely seeing more appraisal problems at a higher amount of money. It's not like off by 2,500 or five grand. It's off by like 50 grand, 80 grand. And of course, we all know why that is, because lack of inventory, high demand forces you guys to go overlist and overlist and overlist and compete and all these things. But the difference, I think, in the past couple of weeks is, unlike before, I'm seeing more deals fall apart as a result, probably because it's cut by a larger amount of money, right? So that's 
probably an early warning sign that prices will at least settle down a bit, but we'll see. So definitely I'm seeing some appraisal issues. Um, but the, when I say there's not a lot of middle ground, I, it's funny on my premier coaching call where I have lots of different situations at the same time. My grizzled veterans are like, holy cow, I'm so busy. I'm so slammed. I'm so exhausted. How, how long is this going to go on for? And then my newbies are like, I've got a listing appointment tomorrow. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the interesting thing is that, you know, the, the more experienced agents are getting a little bit burned out and the newer agents are like, bring it on, man. This is an opportunity land. It's exciting. Well, which that's is reason- great. But I, I use that as a cautionary tale to the more grizzled veterans that's right. who are getting all slammed and burned out and worn out. And I say, you know what? A lot of you guys are having your best quarter or your best month ever. We're having a lot of reports from coaching clients, their biggest month ever uh, for closings or listings taken or whatever. And I always remind them that's awesome until that becomes an okay quarter because you allowed yourself to get off track. Well, or, the word you that know. you said that they need yeah. to be we- very weary yeah. of is saying that you're burned out. You, yes. The reality of it is, guys, is we really have four, you know, four working months left this year. And we have been doing our best to make it so that you all understand that your 2021 has effectively already started. The relationships that you're forming and starting now are the ones that are going to rea- result in listing activity in the spring. And never forget, and just prove this to yourself, those of you who are having all these closings, look back to see when the original um, contact with that perspective or with that seller, you know, or that buyer was. It's months ago, in some cases, years ago. And so if you're not uh, essentially planting seeds for the spring market now, don't be surprised if you have no harvest. So just keep that in mind. Your year's already started. But I will strongly caution any of you to um, keep your thresholds for what you determine to be burned out as low as they've been traditionally, because what you're seeing most likely is the end of a historic seller's market. Now, what is going to come next is going to be more of an equilibrium market or and then maybe a buyer's market. There's a lot of uncertainty. We certainly don't know. We're kind of sharing with you guys all the information. You make your own determinations and decisions. But the reality of it is it's most likely not going to be this crazy seller's market we've been experiencing. So make hay while the sun is shining. Yeah. Well, and one of the other points that I make, especially to our more experienced agents, because they do, you know, we've been there, done that. We had a ton of closings in a month and a ton of negotiating to do. Here's the thing. When you tell yourself you're burned out, you're worn out, you're feeling demotivated, whatever, that is a temporary state of mind. That is not the rest of your reality, right? Because sometimes they'll, they'll be like, oh, I hate real estate or I, you know, it's just too hard. People are too mean, whatever. It's temporary. You just had some crap hit the fan for a little bit. Everything's okay. You're going to be all right. That's right. But you've got to decide how long you're going to let yourself feel that way. Because it can't be, you know, all right, give yourself a day off, refill the cup, get your head screwed back on straight. Don't make it a month off because a month becomes a quarter and then you have a crappy year. Because that goes back to what Julie and I talk about in our book, Harris Rules. And we also talked about this yesterday when we were talking about the homicidal monkeys, frankly, (laughs) is that we're four, basically we're 96% homicidal monkey. That's what we all are. We're 96% monkey and we're 4%, you know, human. And what happens is if you tap if you tap in too aggressively and or aggressively with the word homicide kind how did that happen? <laughs> but if you if you allow yourself to be ruled by your emotions, you're no better than the ninety six percent. In other words, you're allowing the monkey brain to take over what should be the higher truest, you know, aspect of yourself, which is the four percent. So be careful that you trust too much in your feelings because your mm-hmm. feelings will betray you. 
your feelings change constantly. So be very, very careful that even though you might feel a certain way, don't empower that feeling if it's not a feeling that's going to essentially make you a bigger version, more powerful version, more helpful version, more you know smarter, wealthier version of yourself in the future. Because what happens this time of year, what happens to a lot of us is we get to the point where we're st- telling ourselves that we're burned out. We need to stop and smell the yeah. roses. Whereas the reality of it is, is it's time to pull in the harvest. It's time to pull in the fields. And if you don't, they're going to go, they're going to rot. And you have only a limited window to pull in, you know, your corn before basically the, you know, the crows eat it. You can tell we're from Ohio when I use all these (laughs) analogies today. It's like the second time I've talked about harvest, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is that is how life works. So be very careful. That you don't overfeed your, uh, you know, your two-year-old Your homicidal primate. Your your homicidal (laughs) primate. So, guys, that's what really matters is make the most of what is this last hurrah of a seller's market and start preparing for what's next. If you're trying to decide how much, what percent to spend on each activity, you know, essentially taking advantage of what's in front of you versus worrying about what's in the future. Right now, 98% of your time should be focused on what's in front of you right now. And 2% should be focused on what's in the future. Julie and I have your backs about what's going to happen in the future. And if we see a real, you know, if we see a tsunami that's headed towards the markets in any market across the country, we will tell you and you, we will help you prepare. So don't worry about it. We are your wingman. We've got your back. Yes, Julie. Yes. Well, so we keep on referring to this homicidal monkey. We should tell story <laughs> that way they can listen why to don't you read it i don't have it up in front of me but we remember what it is so when we're talking about the 96 that's not what is on i know screen. i know why don't you just go ahead and find it so the, the gist of it is basically is that you when you're uh trying to when you're trying to tap in julie doesn't want to read the whole thing but that's okay when you're trying to tap into the highest uh, version of yourself you have to remember that a vast majority of you wants you to be complacent, wants you to be lazy. A vast majority of you wants you to basically attach to doing things that will essentially just please the crowd, wants you to join you know, the other pack of monkeys, even though that other pack of monkeys is going to do uh, and act in such a way that it's not going to be in alignment with what your highest and truest purpose on this planet is. So the reality of it is, is that you have to remember, again, this is true for all of us, that the core element of what brings out the best in all of us is long-term levels of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So is this from... Uh, uh, this is the actual report. I need to get back. Okay. So she's going to find the actual story. It was on medium.com if that helps you. Yeah. So when you're moving forward, guys, and you're trying to make a determination and decision where you should be spending your day, and you, it, there's, it always comes down to three to five core things that all of us need to be doing every single day. And those three to five things that you need to be doing every single day are going to be absolutely putting yourself, number one, and I know this is hard to hear, but this is the reality of it. Put yourself in a position to hear the word no at least five times a day. And by no, it doesn't have to be no, a door slamming in your face, but it does have to be no, like in you tried, you asked a question that could have resulted in a sale and they said no. The second thing you need to be doing every single day is do not overinvest, if invest at all, in long-term lead follow-up. Make it so that you have as few as leads as possible because the weakest agent out there are the ones with the most leads. I know that doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but it's true because what a lot of agents will do is they don't get people on the phone. They don't pre-qualify them. They don't drill down on the ones that are the most motivated. What they do instead is they stick them in long-term drip campaigns. They don't pick up the phone. They don't do the real work. And then they're always stunned and amazed when those people end up doing business with something uh, somebody else. Another suggested minimum standard that we suggest all of you guys do 
is you have to show gratitude and overtly for three to five people a day. It is in Harris Rules, our book, as Julie just pointed out. But send an email, make a call, send a text, send a video, do whatever it takes to show overt levels of gratitude. It Look, it can be your centers of influence of past clients. It can be your family members. But put yourself in a position where you're saying thank you in such a way that it almost makes you uncomfortable, where it leaves you a little bit vulnerable in your showing of gratitude. And the reason you want to do that is because it makes you, honestly, put you puts you in a position in the eyes of those people as somebody that's not just in, in it for themselves. They're, you, they know and they appreciate the fact that you're appreciating them, and it makes you feel wonderful. And the cool thing about it is when you're showing gratitude, you, again, showing gratitude overtly, but uh, when you're showing gratitude towards other people in particular, your ego is not part of that equation because you actually have to set aside your ego and be vulnerable when you're showing gratitude towards other people. But in doing so, it makes you a better person and it makes you a person that other people are going to want to have more of in their lives because you made them feel good. Another minimum standard that we suggest for all of you to do is have some minimum level of, you know, physical health care for yourself. That would be having supplements. That would be going on a walk, doing some level of exercise every single day. Ideally, do that in the morning. And Julie, do you have another minimum standard for all these guys? That was four. Yeah. Never end the day without following up on 100% of your leads. That's right. Every day, you have no lead that you're you're delaying or procrastinating. And I don't care what kind of lead it is or how it came in, if it was text, email, voicemail, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. A lead's a lead, even if it's a direct referral, especially if it's a direct referral where you think you've got it. You don't know who else was referred to them. So you have got to follow up. And that also prevents them from having this never-ending buckets and buckets of leads and dripping and all that right. kind of crap. So if you have a guys, honestly, and you're real, it doesn't matter how successful you are. If you're running with more than maybe, let's say you're a top producer, if you have more than maybe 10 or 15 leads, yeah. the reason when you accumulate leads, it's a sign of weakness because what you're not doing is it's you're avoidance. either you're either taking unmotivated people and thinking you can make them motivated, or you're taking potentially motivated people and you're not asking them the drill down questions to move them towards becoming an actual viable client. You guys get it? So when you have a lot of leads, it's a sign that you're not following a script and you're not actually closing them into being a client, which is the reason that they showed up in your life in the first place. And when you don't ask questions that will lead to them signing a contract, as in signing a contract within usually 45 or 60 days or less, they're going to lose faith in you Mm -hmm. because they're going to be wondering why you're not actually trying to get them to sign a contract to sell their house or whatnot. So remember, where you feel the threshold is, where you're feeling like you're being too pushy, for most of you, like 99.9% of you, when you get that emotion that I don't want to seem like I'm too pushy, what that really is is your ego running a flag up your you know emotional spine telling you, oh my gosh, this person could reject you if you, uh, if you ask that question. They could say no to you. But remember, rule number or suggested minimum standard number one is you put yourself in a position to say no at least, or hear no at least five times a day. Hopefully this all makes sense. Now, Julie, it's going to be story time with Julie. She's going to read you the story. We read most of this yesterday on Sunday, but in case you didn't hear it, Julie and I love this story, and I think it'll actually have a profound impact on all of your lives. Yes, this is about a five to seven minute read, so stay with me. This is important. Okay, so this is called Practice the 4% Rule to Get Exactly What You Want. You'll never completely housebreak yourself, but that's fine. All right, so here, that was the subtitle. All right, something will always bug you, or someone will. Sometimes the someones and somethings of the world gang up. You have to keep it together or at least make an effort. Maturity doesn't just happen. We have to keep ourselves in check. If we're not careful, we can morph back into our primate ancestors. 
We always imagine some future self that won't ever get pissed off, that always goes to bed on time, brushes their teeth, enjoys mind-blowing sex with our spouse on Tuesday night. Hey, why'd you laugh? <laughs> because I was trying to, I, I try to not use all those words when I'm, you know, homogenized. There could be kids listening in oh, the car. I caught you out. That was That's good. okay. And yet... <laughs> I'm hitting mute now of you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, and yet Stephen Hawking begs to differ. We are just an advanced breed of monkeys on a minor planet of a very average star. But he follows up with something very important. The thing that makes us just different enough from our distant relatives. He says, but we can understand the universe. That makes us something very special. We're still animals. We grunt. We get upset. We fight over turf. Just watch a video of chimps and think about your day. None of us acts as mature as we claim. We act like apes, but we can understand the universe and ourselves. So that's something, at least. What is the 4% rule? The 4% rule is a little something this author whipped up. You guys can read this on medium.com. It doesn't come out of a best-selling book or an interview with Warren Buffett, but please stay and hear me out. We share. Here's the big point. Here's the takeaway, guys. We share 96% of our DNA with chimpanzees. That should matter to you because chimpanzees shredded a man over a birthday cake. That's a true story. I looked it up. The chimps executed a coordinated attack on their primary keeper out of sheer jealousy. One of the chimps got cake and the others didn't. No reason, just that simple. How else are we like chimps? We act out of impulse. We let emotions take over. We use tools, sometimes even stone tools. We get preoccupied with payback and revenge. We always want more of pretty much everything. We prioritize wealth and status. We work in groups sometimes, we fall prey to our own vanity, but we also underestimate ourselves. We pass knowledge on to our children and we love things sometimes that are bad for us. All of this comes with your 96%, the good and the bad. We'll never ditch it, not completely. Thinking we can is just arrogant. It's literally in your DNA. Think about what goes on in your head when something happens that you don't like. Part of you will always feel the slightest impulse to grab a tree branch and start swinging. And yet, we're 4% different. That 4% contains all of our higher reasoning and social skills. It contains our ability to calm down and think through obstacles, learn how to use it. But 96% of you is a child. A chimpanzee possesses the intellectual and moral reasoning of a six-year-old. Many of us know adults who devolve into their six-year-old selves. But why? Because it's so easy. You're wired to. 96% of a person will always want to throw a tantrum, especially when we feel justified. Uh, twice last week, I almost did, the author writes. Oh, and just again, this once this morning, not throwing a tantrum will always call for more restraint than you think it should. It'll always feel hard. It can wear you out. So ease up on yourself. The 4% does a lot of hard work. It gets stretched thin. Sometimes it can't stop you from doing something stupid. So how do you empower your 4%, the part that actually helps us get what we want despite everything standing in our way? We can strengthen our better self, hone it so that we minimize the amount of self-sabotage. You know, the times when we make a bad situation even worse, when we could have actually slugged through a tough day and gotten what we wanted. 4% of you knows the right decision to make, knows there's probably an easier solution. 4% of you knows that you're overthinking. 4% of you does know how to delay gratification, to calm down, to strategize, to learn new skills, to question your gut, to shut up and listen. 4% of you knows that it's not that bad. In other words, 4% of you already knows how to get the birthday cake without ever having to kill anyone. <laughs> but it gets drowned out. We don't listen to it because 96% of us wants to grab the tree branch and start flinging our feces. It likes doing that. Here's some starter ideas on how to rediscover and harness your better self. 
what I'm calling the 4% rule, embracing your higher nature to get what's best for you. Remember what you really want. There's no future version of you or me that always knows just what to do or what matters most. We think we know what'll make us happy or fulfilled. We're very smug about it sometimes. We say stuff like, I'm the kind of person who goes after what they want and it doesn't, and I don't take no for an answer. Uh-huh, please continue. Uh, it says, the truth, we don't know, not always. Even worse, we forget all the time. We let the most trivial things get in our way. Why do we forget what we want? Because we get in our own way. We mix things up. Uh, we mix up things like happiness, success, purpose, and fulfillment. We chase material goals and status. It's not that those things are bad, but pursuing to the exclusion of everything else tends to blow you off further course. It's a weird paradox. If you want to make a lot of money or achieve a lot of status, you have to stop trying and just get really good at something. You know, like doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level, the places that are important. Okay, so <laughs> Julie, we, edit. <laughs> yeah, well, just saying. Okay, so you repurpose on your perp. You refocus on your purpose. Ask yourself, what's the most important thing you have to get done today? What's the thing that you want to get done? What do you want, or why do you want or need to do these things? And what's stopping you? Hey, that's the minimum standard I just gave you guys. That's right. <laughs> Where does today fall into the bigger scheme? I. <laughs> Just had a, a thing come to mind from Premiere today. Somebody was all, oh, I'm feeling demotivated. So we did the oh-so-fun, uh, you know, how much do you have in your savings? So they didn't have to share their actual number. Divided by your what it takes for you to run yourself every month, you divide your monthly um, nut into what your savings is, and it tells you the day you're going to go broke. Yep. And any day that you move forward without refilling the kitty... You're actually getting closer to going broke faster. But you see, but to so, the, that point, so, though, so that's why. Where does today fall into the bigger scheme? Right, but to that point, that was somebody who was basically allowing their ninety-six percent to yes. start and rule their life the and rule their decisions. And it's so funny the flinging of uh, feces that totally <laughs> right? sounds like Twitter. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> yes, and sometimes agents talking to each other, attempting to negotiate something. Yes, I mean, you, you could finish. Yeah. So, finish. okay. It's great. I'm sure so, everyone's liking it. Stop getting upset over birthday cake. And yes, that's a <laughs> metaphor. All right. We're not, maybe for some of you, you get that upset over real birthday cake. I don't know. Um, you can change some realities, but not every single one of them. The best of us still sink endless hours into complaining, bickering, or brooding. You'll never reach a point where you stop that completely, unless you're Jesus, in which case, welcome back. <laughs> if you're not divine, here's how I tend to talk myself through difficulties and frustrations, including those caused by people. Sometimes I call a trusted friend and we do it together with these questions. What's actually bothering you? Are you justified in feeling that way? If you are, can you confront that person and or thing directly? Hey, it, stop for a second. Yes. We, we have something, it's three questions in the Harris Rules that you learned from Deepak Chopra mm -hmm. that basically is similar, but it's, you remember this question yeah. off the top of your head? All right, go okay, ahead. Okay, so say something is upsetting to you or causing consternation. So is it actually, okay, so the first one is what is the belief, right? So define it. Then is it actually true? Like, would you swear on a stack of Bibles or what have you <laughs> to that it's absolutely true? And who are you right now? Because you believe so hard, wholeheartedly that it's true. And then the fourth question actually is, who would you be if you didn't have that belief? So go with something really basic just to break through it, okay? So I'm, here's my, I'm an average agent, and I'm going to tell myself that I can't uh, work with, I'll pick something really basic, uh, for sale by owners. Sure. Okay, so ask me the questions. Let's work through uh, it. Okay, so what is, what is the belief? The belief is I can't work with for sale by owners. For and sale by owners eat their young like a pack of pissed off monkeys. <laughs> right, with a rent a birthday cake. <laughs> okay, and are you absolutely certain that that is true? No. How can I be? 
Well, so I, I didn't even have to get to the other questions, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, but we the, the problem is that we don't do that to ourselves. Well, it's easy to role play it when a coach is pulling that yep. out of you, but it's really hard to stop yourself when you're in the thick of it and you feel like you know breaking that tree branch over somebody. It's hard to stop yourself and take that breath. And the little, it's the subconscious things that are the most destructive. For example, telling yourself that you're too old or you're too young. Yes. Or somebody has some sort of, you know, advantage over you that you just basically have created. It's the old fallacy that you didn't take the listing because the other agent basically has some sort of social connection or whatever. Yeah. So My favorite it, one is I'm too busy. Yeah. You're not too busy. You're right. disorganized. Well, okay. <laughs> what we were talking about yeah. earlier, I'm overwhelmed. Sure. Right. So go through the questions with I'm so overwhelmed. So what's the belief? I'm overwhelmed. I'm too busy. Are you absolutely certain that that's true? Oh, man, it sure feels that way. Maybe I'm for just... you it is. Okay. Right. So that's fine. And so who who are you right now because you believe that you're so overwhelmed? Um, somebody who's disorganized, somebody who's not following up on leads, somebody who's probably breaking promises I made to other people. And how would you be operating differently if you didn't believe that you were just massively overwhelmed? Um, I would be you know, obviously more efficient getting, you know, welcoming in new relationships with other people. I would be uh, essentially over uh, under promising and over delivering versus now where I'm doing the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. So what steps are you going to take in order for you to get closer to the person you just described? Yep. And so you guys can break this down a million different ways for anything. You know, the, I, I guess the reason I'm hearing the, uh, I'm too young, too old thing is because I had coaching clients, uh, coaching calls today like that, where people were making those excuses. But the thing is, is they didn't even realize they were saying it to themselves. No, because they're in a, a habit. They're in a loop. Well, I'll I'll even tell the listeners where I was. Let me make sure we have time. We do. So I had somebody I was talking to about joining eXp Realty and being part of our eXp Realty family. And we have these conversations. I'll probably have six or 10 of those conversations today. And if you guys want to talk about joining Julie and I's eXp Realty team, we're definitely looking for partners to join our team. And it's easy. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. But here's the the thing that I pulled out of this person I was talking to, and it was a guy, you know, he was old. He was like 57 or something like that, and he thought that it was too. He had waited too long, and the and the trains left the station. In other words, he didn't. He was accepting or already accepted the fact that he wasn't ever going to basically accomplish the goals he had for himself in his life and his wife and his family, that he was essentially, he felt like a a person that only accomplished maybe 60% of what he could have otherwise accomplished. And that had been a weight that he'd been carrying around with him for gosh knows how long. And by recognizing it and pulling it out of him and creating a plan for himself to move forward with EXP and revenue share in particular, he could actually not just only, he, he could rekindle the belief in himself. It's going to take a while, but he will. But what he really is going to do when he's really going to, you know, what's going to motivate him is when he starts seeing the benefits of the revenue share and all the great opportunities that an agent has inside EXP Realty to build wealth. And again, if you guys want to talk to me about that, do feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. Is our monkey story over? Uh, that's, that's basically it. So, you know, here's, well, there's a couple of other points. So for example, something small like birthday cake or fill in the blank with whatever sets you off hardly ever matters in five weeks, five days, five hours, five minutes. And yet people torch their careers over it all the time. Some of you guys torch deals over it because you feel slighted. We start fights with friends and loved ones over some sugary dessert or equivalent. We get fixated on that cake and not what the cake represents, something we probably could have gotten some easier way. The trick is catching yourself before you've blown up your life over that cake. 
There's always something better that you can do besides stew in your negativity, attack someone, or give up before the game's over. That doesn't mean that the negativity goes away forever, but the more you ignore your 96%, thinking you've somehow tamed it, the more damage it can do. Accept that part of you is wild and always will be, but leverage your 4% so you can wind up with a pretty decent cake without having to murder anybody. <laughs> Good words. Really great, very well, well written but, So Julie, and in case you didn't listen to the Sunday show, <laughs> is that she actually researched this after I sent it to her. I did. That's a real story. That, I mean, it, there's a lot to that story. but um, Well, but the gist of it was is that there was this mo- this monkey, uh, like, what would you call it yesterday? It's like a chimpanzee, like a monkey sanctuary because, you know, zoos eventually cycle through their ape population and I have to send them somewhere. And people so. have them as pets. I should tell, can I tell them a real, I'm going to tell you guys a real quick funny story. There was this feed and seed that was nearby our house in Texas and we had chickens and and when we were in Texas, because we grew our own, you know, eggs and whatnot, obviously. And so we'd go to this feed and seed and you have to drive around back and they'd throw the chicken food in the back of your, what have you. And then you'd be off to the races. There was this big stack of gorilla food. I'm not even making that up. And it was sitting there always, and uh, it, you know, sometimes I think be, the label said like primate kibble. You no, know, but something. it had a big and picture, it had a big a, picture of a gorilla. A gorilla. Like, what really? the hell? <laughs> and so finally, I asked this guy, "What the heck was that?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, there's there's a guy around here that buys all of his gorilla chow from us." Like what? And I said, are you telling me some guy has got a gorilla? Oh, go. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have primates and gorillas that live right around where we live. I mean, you guys know how big a gorilla is? Anyway, that's crazy. What are you doing one of those gets out? Yeah. But the the moral of the story here is that this (laughs) this primate sanctuary, as Julie uh, called it, that someone had essentially put their... A monkey, their chimpanzee, into the primate sanctuary. And every year on this monkey's birthday, they would go and make him, they'd show up and they'd make him a little birthday cake at the sanctuary, had a yeah. kitchen on site, and they'd make a birthday cake for the chimpanzee. And it was a tradition because obviously this chimpanzee would, you know, was a bit of a child to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, these other monkeys were, tell me if I'm telling the story no, wrong. That's you right. They were, all, they were chimps. So, so, you know, don't think of them as like, you know, pocket monkeys, like you, you know, picture at the circus. Chimps are like 120 pound, five foot tall, practically people. 96% same as you and me, right? These are these are not cute little cappuccino monkeys that sit on. I your, don't think they're 120 you know. pounds. I oh, think yeah. they're, they're more like than that. Aren't they? I think they probably get bigger, but you that's like re- the average. You researched monkey yeah. weight. It was in the article. Okay. <laughs> you realize <laughs> well, you just so much GTS You, you realize you just today. described yourself, right? I know. Not as hairy though, but or as mean <laughs> or as heavy or as short. It. If I'm controlling my four percent, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> So uh, anyway, so these these other chimps, I guess, saw the cake being prepared and, you know, or knew the people and they got out of their enclosures. They they basically figured out how to get out. They broke into the house where the cake was being made. The other, the birthday chimp was in his enclosure inside the we'll, house. We'll call the birthday chimp Bob the Chimp. Bob the Chimp. Bob the Chimp is in okay, there. So with he the... didn't get hurt. Right. But these other chimps, these four other chimps literally like went after not just the the gentleman that was there to celebrate his chimp's birthday but also his wife and it was a brutal horrible attack i mean they bit fingers off they shredded his arm um i think i mean there were the list of injuries was was crazy again it sounds like twitter (laughs) exactly exactly and in fact the paramedics that came said it was one of the the worst maulings they'd ever seen and they couldn't believe that chimps had done it and they had to 
they had to kill two of the attacking chimps to basically get yeah. them to stop attacking. Well, again, why are we telling you this whole story? Because it is fascinating when you consider the fact that basically we share 96% of our DNA with those very primates. And so it, it makes sense that sometimes you're going to have a crazy thought. It makes sense that sometimes you're going to feel like it's flinging your feces. You. It makes sense that sometimes yeah. you're going to... That's the reason we can't trust 99% of the time the initial impact or impression you have towards something, mm-hmm. which is usually rooted in fear and then essentially manifests in all kinds of strange behavior. Aggression. Ignore it. Don't pay attention to it. Don't feed it. Stay locked into the 4%. That's where the higher self is. But we tell you these stories so that when you feel that flare up and you're grabbing for that branch to bludgeon somebody with, okay, (laughs) that you go, oh, wait a minute. That's the crazed primate side of me. Right. I need to get back with the 4% because 96% is stronger I've got to really nurture that 4% so that I'm more likely to have that reaction, which is more appropriate amongst humans, okay, (laughs) versus, you know, being um, complacent with the 96% or thinking that that's okay. You know, you've got to get to the 4% that can understand the universe. And the powerful uh, way to be introspective about that is always remember that chances are when you're, you know, talking, interacting either in virtually or real life with humans, you're probably dealing with somebody who's operating in their 96% monkey self. You're probably having dealing with somebody that's operating out yeah. of their need for recognition, their need for food, their need for love, their need for sex, their need for whatever the heck it is. They're operating completely and totally in, a, in with their, their uh, monkey brain, basically yep. encouraging them to be part of the pack, even if it's not something they otherwise would have agreed to. Mm-hmm. When you guys see these people piling on and different things, you know, social things mostly nowadays, that's causing all the social unrest, you realize that most of those people, if set aside and asked if they individually believe in any of the things that this big massive crazy group is essentially championing whether they personally feel that way they would say no but their inner monkey self took over and forced them or kind of you know seduced them into doing something that wasn't in their own best interest and i see that happening and you guys see that happening in so many different ways the way it and how this is relevant to what we do for a living what all of you guys do for a living which is in essence helping people is if you are being seduced by you know the big pack of monkeys who are convincing you to do passive stuff for your lead generation for example or how to do things that are going to lead to lack of profitability in your real estate business or your you know your brokerage that's you tuning into a you know your lower well and i was going to say lower self but it's really the majority of you your 96 percent shared monkey DNA. And you're essentially, why are you doing that? Why are you thinking like that? Why are you making decisions that are not based on actual, you know, the betterment of your own financial situation? You're doing that to be part of the pack. You're doing that just to be another monkey. You're doing that because people are pressuring you into doing things and thinking certain ways that aren't in your own best interest. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the more time you spend with this big group of, you know, people that are like-minded monkeys who are only thinking about, you know, that 96% thoughts of killing the person who's having the birthday cake type thoughts, the more time you spend invested with people like that, the harder it is for you to connect with the 4%. And when that's, you know, we see that, you see that, if you start paying attention to it, it's really quite fascinating. So when you're trying to determine... Uh, whether or not you are tuning into the higher version of yourself or the lower version of yourself, think in terms of, are you going to try to improve the situation for whoever you're dealing with? Or are you trying to hurt them? I mean, ethically and morally, one of the best things to do is never say a bad thing about anybody ever in any way, in any circumstance, even if you're using a pseudonym, even if you're doing it anonymously, don't say anything bad about anything or anybody. That's a way to check yourself. 
And when you're, if, if you feel challenged, if you feel angry, if you feel aggressive, do yourself a favor and back off. Give yourself sometimes an hour, sometimes a minute, sometimes, you know, two weeks, whatever it is, and then reproach it. And you're going to find 99% of the time that the way you were going to react is not the way you would react after you basically allow your 4% self to get back into control. Anything else you'd like to say as we round the bend, Julie? Well, I mean, there's so many opportunities to slow yourself down, especially in the real estate world. There's a chapter about negotiating in Harris Rules that says, don't do anything when you're having a, you know, a little conflict, take a breath, you know, settle down for 30 minutes, get, right. you know, suppress the, the primate and get to your better self because probably you're going to feel a lot different about it. Even, even a five minute break, don't just call somebody right back when you hear something you don't like in your voicemail. Probably they are not controlling the primate, right? Right. So you just sort of have to be aware of all of this stuff and have lots of opportunities to deal with it every day. I mean, I've every day on uh, Premiere, I hear those types of um, stories from our agents and I tell them, take a breath. So practice this. And as I say to all of our coaching clients, you guys are the leaders. You set the example. You set the bar high. If you want real estate to be more professional and easier to get your deals done, you set that bar you know, and I'm so proud of them for most of them, most of the time do it. Yeah. You know, everybody slips a little bit. Everybody sees that birthday cake now and then, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's not okay not to work on it. It's just, you know, you got to know what you're dealing with. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully you found some <laughs> meaning in it. And uh, for the most part, um, you know, if you stick to a minimum standard of three to five things every single day, start out with one, right? Start out with one minimum standard. You're going to find that you're more and more in control of all the little micro things in your life, but you're going to start seeing you, you you're going to become more in control of the macro things in your life as well. So, hey, listen, listeners, and this is us showing gratitude to you guys. And you notice we do this for you every day because it's, it's sincerely how we feel. Thank you so much for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast, uh, you know, real estate coaching podcast. And thank you so much for continuing to make Harris Rules one of the best selling real estate books of all time. We like to keep this podcast very practical and tactical, but also hopefully you guys are realizing that. We are 100% in alignment with, with, with what we feel our highest and truest purpose in this planet is, which is being of service to others. And you guys listening and all of our coaching clients, you're the others in which we choose to be of service to. And hopefully you start, you know, that starts resonating with you and then you can then move yourself into the 4%. And look, we don't do it all the time. Julie and I definitely slip into the 96%, especially on Tuesday when we have that wild, crazy monkey sex. Isn't that what you said? Especially then. <laughs> so listen, listen. Yeah, I'm not going to let it slide. So if you guys need me for anything, always remember you can send me a text at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.